Truckers, what creepy things have happened to you while you were parking overnight somewhere? Pulled over for a break on the way to Melbourne from Sydney at a truck stop. No streetlights or anything, pitch black. No other trucks or cars at the stop. I turn off my lights. I switch the truck off, do the curtains, lock the truck from both sides, jump into bed, set my alarm, and set my phone above me in the compartment. I was rolling over from side to side for around 5 to 10 minutes. I couldn't get to sleep due to it being prime summertime temperatures, reaching around 30 degrees at night. I'm looking up at the ceiling, mentally planning out the day ahead. Suddenly, the passenger side door opens up slightly. Cabin lights turn on. What the frick? Now, the truck is a fairly late model and in pristine condition, so there's no question about door being faulty or anything. I just sat there for what felt like an eternity, expecting someone to come up and see me sitting there with the solid rod in my hand we use for tightening belts. No one came up, nor was there any noise at all, just quiet, eerie silence. I grabbed my torch and jumped down, walked around the truck. No other trucks were around, nor were there any cars. It was just me and my fully loaded B-double. After around 5-10 to minutes of getting screwed around with, I locked up and went to bed again. Woke up the next morning, yawned, fixed myself up along with the bed, opened the curtains, and FML, there's a cemetery next to the stop where I parked. Hunger and laziness all escaped upon realization. Grabbed the keys, screw putting my shoes on, screw putting pants on, switched the truck on, and just got the flip out of there ASAP. I have an Aussie story for you. My friend's dad was a trucker out of Perth, and this is the only story I've heard that's really given me the creeps. So he's driving back to Perth in convoy with a mate of his, back to back, through the Nullarbor. If you know anything about Aboriginal legend, the Nullarbor is where the ancestors' spirits walk, and also prime Yowie country. They radio each other because they realize they need to rest up and decide to sleep through to dawn and make Perth in the morning. So they pull over in the middle of the vast nothingness, lock up, and hunker down for the night. At some point in the blackness, my friend's dad wakes up with this intense feeling of being not just watched, but stared down. He's not a superstitious guy either. He's a proper no-nonsense countryman. He says he just had this gut feeling that something was out there and wanted him gone. He says he scrambles up to the cab and checks his keys and turns his lights on. And at that exact second in the middle of the night, his mate does the same. Both trucks roar into life and they take off down the highway without a word spoken between them. Later, his mate says he felt the same predatory state and fear for his life, so hard that he'd have just gone too. I don't know how true it is, but it's a good story and pretty creepy. I understand that in the past my faux Australian accent has led to some mixed reactions in my previous videos, which delights me. However, I really didn't think it could stand up to two longer stories from Australia in a row. I'll get you next time, Aussies. I used to haul salt water off of well sites in Oklahoma on the night shift. I was standing at the rear of my trailer as I was loading out in BFE somewhere, when I heard gravel crunching like someone was walking toward me. Got that feeling where you feel like you're being watched. Stepped around the trailer toward the sound and shined my flashlight at a cow licking the side of my trailer. I am cow, and when it's late, and all the men have parked their freight, and when I find a man who's stuck, I walk right up. I lick the truck. Back when my dad was a truck driver, he stopped to sleep in a lot one night. The guy he leased his truck from happened to see him parked there, and in the morning when my dad went to the restroom, this guy used a spare key and hid in the sleeper. Once my dad was on, starting to leave, the guy reached out and grabbed him. My dad said he freaked out, so he just bailed out of the truck. It was moving around 5 miles per hour. 
My boyfriend is a truck driver who routinely does midnight runs. Oddly enough, I asked him this question myself a few days ago. He told me that one night he was getting ready to park in a lot next to a truck stop. He said it looked like there were no lights, no cars, no sign of anyone, but he said, screw it, he was tired. He woke up the next morning parked on the side of the road with three highway patrol vehicles behind him. He was about 15 miles away from the truck stop he had parked at. Thing is, he was sleeping in his camper the whole night. He has no idea how he got to the side of the road, and logic says someone tried stealing the truck and succeeded. And the police convinced him of this happening as they saw a man in a black jumpsuit running away from the truck into a nearby field. Even then, he still feels uneasy about the whole situation. Apparently, the doors were still locked from the inside, and there was no real sign of anyone trying to break in. Just a few extra details I thought I should add. The police did breathalyze for alcohol, and it came up clear. Even more unsettling is that he puts his keys in the same place every night, which is next to his handgun in one of those metal boxes, which remained untouched. Also, the police officers could not locate where the man in the jumpsuit was, or could have gone, it was an open field with no building in sight. And they didn't actually stop the truck or see it moving. The only reason they decided to check on the truck was because of a call they received from a worried woman. Everyone was weirded out, couldn't really issue any real fines, so they let my boyfriend leave. Two stories. Maybe not winners, but creepy overnight parking for sure. I was really new to the business and had parked at a stop in Texas, en route from one place to another. It was August. There was nothing unusual about the situation. I was in the middle of a parking lot with about 70 other odd truckers. I woke up with a start six hours later to the truck shaking and rolling, hellacious noise all around and a psychedelic light show blasting me from every direction. It was a severe thunderstorm that I'd no idea was coming. Wind, pounding rain, thunder and lightning to beat hell. Being in a truck during a storm is closer to being in a tent than in a house. I'd never experienced it before, and even though I grew up with this kind of severe weather, I lay there in this tossing, heaving sensory party going, I don't even know where I'd go right now to get safe if I had to. Hell, I don't even know how to find out if this is a severe or regular or a tornado. I was really tired the next morning. I parked for the night somewhere in southwest Michigan, on the way to Grand Rapids. Again, a truck stop full of trucks. Shut down and went to bed. I woke up looking at one of the cabin lights, which was on. I think. Fell asleep with the lights on again, genius. Then, freeze. The light I'm looking at only comes on if you deliberately turn it on, which I never did. Or if the door is open. Just then, I felt the slight roll of the cab that's telltale whenever someone is climbing up. I wish I had some heroic Rambo crap I could claim I did, but I can't. I yelled. Now, I can make myself heard in a very loud environment pretty easily, and this was the dead of a quiet night, and I yelled, GET OUT! loud enough to send Legion into the garrison pigs. There was a frenzied scrambling and the truck rocked some more. Then I hear a very small woman's voice, I'm sorry, I got the wrong truck. Nothing from me for a second, then, are you okay? Yeah, just get the F out of here. Moral of that story, lock your doors. She was either a driver or a working girl, and it doesn't matter because either way, she got the wrong truck. Loud enough to send Legion into the garrison pigs is my new and favorite way to say something is the extreme opposite of silence. I was at the Petro in western Memphis. I had dropped a loaded trailer and bobtailed to the truck stop and parked in bobtail parking at the Petro. I was pretty tired but hungry, so I went in, got a meal and walked out and opened the door to my truck and started climbing up. I looked up right into the face of a guy grinning at me. I was in the wrong truck. I had parked next to him. We both drove for the same mega carrier, so the trucks were identical. 
He had watched me go in and knew what was up. We both had a good laugh about it, and I went to my truck and crashed. If the storyteller is anything like me, the realization of the mistake was probably preceded by at least 20 seconds of high-pitched screaming when he climbed into bed to a grinning face. No, thank you. A couple years ago, I was sleeping in my van in North Hollywood after getting off of work. I had the seat folded down and a long plywood plank with a mattress on top of them. So I was elevated at the window's level, but they were tinted. Woke up one night and was startled by a guy standing outside staring into the van and talking to himself. I realized he wasn't trying to look in, but was looking at his reflection. I don't know how long he had been there, but he was there for another 15 minutes until he staggered off. Have a trucker story from the extended family. An uncle used to drive a lot, and he always came back with the most weird stories ever. While every family member knew his stories, there was one story he told and warned about. Even to me, when I was six or so. Moral of the story is to never stay the night in the desert alone. It seems once he drove to Chile, he had a contract, and the way there was okay. I made the travel myself later in life. It's beautiful. Whenever he was done, he usually spent a few bucks on booze, but this time, due to the family gathering, he wanted to come back as soon as possible. So instead of drinking in some bar, he decided to sleep a bit at the Atacama Desert. Well, it's a desert, and he had parked way outside the road and a few miles before the next village. He sleeps and wakes up to someone singing. He's confused and thinks it's the radio, but the radio is not on. Then the singing stops and it sounds more like a scream for help. That's when he wants to get out and help, but he is still confused. He said he started the motor and the lights to see where and who was there, but he also did open the window a bit and yelled, asking what happened. It was nothing, and right then when he decides to get out anyway, he catches a movement in the corner of where the lights end. It looked like a woman, but the face was pitch dark. He freaks out and drives away, non-stop until he reached home. Whatever he saw or thought he saw, every time he told the story, his face went pale. Even my grandmother commented on how he was usually a very jolly guy, but whatever happened in the Atacama Desert freaked him totally out. Like most people here, this didn't happen to me. One of my good friends from middle school had a stepfather who was a truck driver for a good amount of time. He was a tough son of a B-word. I never saw him not look like he could kill someone. Except one time when he told us why he stopped driving trucks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. He was on a long trip from somewhere down in Texas to Boys, Idaho. By the time he hit the freeway close to Boys, he had already been up for 24 hours. Either way, I don't believe he could have seen this coming. Outside of Boys, he was driving late at night at the fastest legal speed when out of nowhere he sees someone sit up straight in the middle of the road. He didn't have enough time to hit the brakes, not that it would have helped. She was decapitated on the spot. He later found out she was tweaked out. I don't think even if he wasn't sleep deprived, he would have seen her lying in the road. From what the police could gather, she walked out there, sat down, and eventually fell asleep in the road. No one knows who she was or how she got that far out. One of my trucker friends has a story about spending the night alone in a rural stop in the middle of Maine winter. She had a bit of an uneasy feeling about the place but couldn't put her finger on anything and needed badly to rest, so she stayed. Perfect Stephen King setup, right? 
She's usually a very solid sleeper, but wakes up around 3am that night. She's not sure what woke her up, until she notices that the cab is very slowly and gently rocking side to side. She can also hear an intermittent, soft sort of rubbing sound that corresponds with the rocking. She was a seasoned trucker already at this point, but really wasn't sure what this was, and all the ideas that came to mind ranged from the mundane, but alarmingly unsavory, to the outright paranormal. Terrified, she creeps up to look in the side-view mirror to see what's out there. Turns out some moose like to lick the road salt off semi-trucks. I hope that cow from the earlier story feels really validated by this factoid. Not a trucker, but I drive a lot of miles in a company truck from my oil field company. I'm on call 24-7, so I'm out at all hours. One night after a long day on a location in the Oklahoma Panhandle, which is rather remote and sparsely populated, I was driving back to the town where my shop is located. I got too sleepy to drive and decided to pull over and a nap until the sun came up. So I pulled off the two-lane highway down a country road and parked on the other side of that road. It's safer than pulling off on the shoulder of the highway, and no headlights to bother you. This was and is common practice for me. I left my pickup running and turned the headlights off and leaned my seat back and fell asleep pretty quick with the AC on low and the radio turned off. I slept pretty good for maybe an hour, and then I guess I was having strange dreams, so I woke up, but just kept laying there because I was groggy. The wind was picking up and sort of shaking the truck with random strong gusts. Lots of wind in Oklahoma. Eventually, I started to imagine I was hearing whispering or murmurs, but I attributed it to the wind and my sleepy state, or maybe the radio still being on, but low volume. I kept hearing it, so I sat up and turned the headlights back on to look around. The lights illuminated the dirt road to my side and in front of me, about 50 feet in front of my truck and extending down the road into the dark where my headlights faded out, were maybe 20 coyotes all milling around and sniffing around the gravel in the road. Their eyes were reflecting the lights. Coyotes usually run from light and avoid humans and their noise at all costs. There was no fear in these coyotes, and I was sort of struck by how many they were all standing in the road. They eventually moved off into the dark as a group. I wasn't really afraid as I was inside my truck, but my feeling was an uneasy one, so I got back on the highway and went home. After reading through a majority of the comments on this thread, my curiosity was piqued, and I called my mum up to ask her if my great-grandfather, a trucker during the 60s, had ever told a creepy story of being on the road. To my surprise, she said there was one story he told her as a cautionary tale. It's not about parking overnight somewhere, but I thought it might fit in here just the same. He said he was driving through somewhere pretty rural, a small town with a few houses here and there. As he was making his way down the road, he saw a large cardboard box tumble down a hill and come to a stop pretty much directly in his path on the road. It was too late for him to brake, but why would he? It was just a cardboard box, it's not like it would hurt his truck if he ran over it, so he kept chugging forward. At nearly the last second, he said something came over him, and he immediately swerved to the right to avoid hitting the box. When he looked in his rearview mirror, he saw two little kids scramble out of the box and back up the hill. It's amazing what little kids in a small town will do for fun. I still feel sick to my stomach after hearing my mum tell that story. All the time. The worst might have been an incident that happened while back in Indiana. I was just parked for a 34-hour reset, means you can't drive for 34 hours so you can get a full 70 hours of driving back. It's the hours of service that allows us to drive and counts our hours, just outside of Chicago. Now, for all you non-truck drivers, right out of Chicago in Indiana is probably the first place you learn about not stopping if you can. Drug dealers, lot lizards, working girls, theft, the whole nine yards. 
I didn't have a choice. I had nothing left at all for hours. So I sat. That night, I heard someone messing with my truck in the back. I sat in my truck while I heard this continue for two hours. I would much rather deal with it in the morning than go out to see what's going on and getting robbed at weapon point. Woke up the following morning to see my fifth wheel handle pulled. Means if I drove, I would have unintentionally dropped my trailer I had attached, and my glad hands, the lines that connect my truck to my trailer that provide me with braking capabilities, completely missing. Worst of all, they undid my freaking catwalk like savages and ran away with it. My father-in-law is a trucker in Australia. He told me a story one night in the middle of the outback. Not a soul in sight and hundreds of kilometers between towns. Australia is huge, especially on the west coast where we are. Pitch black night, a tire blows out. He pulls out to the shoulder and starts the task of changing. Feeling uneasy, he keeps looking over his shoulders. Something isn't right. Working fast, telling himself to stop being a scaredy cat. Then, all of a sudden, a hand lands on his shoulder. Hey there, mate. You have a spare smoke? An aboriginal man was right next to him like it was a normal thing. In the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the night. He says, Nah, mate, I don't smoke. So the man just walks away into the darkness. He reckons he aged about 20 years that night. Nothing too creepy, but I've parked in a few less than desirable places. The first was next to P&G in Kansas City on the edge of the ghetto. Nothing happened, but it was still freaky at the time because I was fairly new. Yes, I've had a couple of bums or lot lizards knock on my truck, but if you stay quiet, they just move on. I've heard random bumps in the night, but never really worried about it. I heard a story about a police officer in Chicago or New York making a trucker move his truck so that he didn't have to deal with a homicide in the morning. What is it about Chicago in particular here? Adding that onto my list of places to avoid for future travel. Let's get back to Spooky. I was driving overnight in a very low populated area. Due to circumstances, I was seriously sleep deprived. Driving in a poorly lit stretch of woods, my headlights started to cast shadows through the rails on the side of the road and started playing on the trees on either side. It looked and felt like I was driving across an ocean. Then the hallucinations started. When you are seriously sleep deprived, you'll start to see shadows flicking across the edges of your field of vision. Shadowy figures started appearing on the water next to the road, swimming alongside me. They looked like monstrous mermaids jumping in and out of the water. The Dutch roads are notorious for having very few truck stops that actually have space for a real truck. So I drove for another hour taunted by these figures. First truck stop I pull into and ready myself for a nap. I wake up a couple of hours later and one of the figures was in the cab with me looking at me. I freeze, terrified for my life. I couldn't move until I calmed down enough to start noticing that while it seems to be moving and breathing, it doesn't seem to move much. And then I realize it was my coat slung across the seat. Panic subsided and I used the adrenaline rush to drive the two more hours I had to go. Other time, less spooky but creepy enough, a truck stop I was parked at was infested with lot lizards. I had already seen some of the less lizardy types get into trucks. I was reading a book when suddenly I hear my handle of the passenger door being pulled. It was locked, luckily, but that didn't stop the unseen puller try to open it. It stops for a second and I suddenly feel the cab swinging a bit, like someone was on the ladder. Up comes this horrible visage of rotting, missing teeth with a balding forehead and so much eyeliner it could be called face liner. She mimes giving me a particular adult activity, but I refuse. She jumps off and I see her storming off furious about something. Most of the other truckers were laughing at me. She was well known amongst the local truckers for her wiles. This is the scariest story here, not because of the hallucinations themselves, but because I learned I may be sharing the road with people who are operating 40-ton vehicles at 60 miles an hour while severely sleep-deprived. 
I used to drive trucks in northern Manitoba. There's a road in the northeast you can drive for several hours and see very few vehicles. This road is quite flat and straight in stretches. Of course, this is deep in the bush. One day I saw something cross the road in the distance. Very large, easily past the hood on my truck. But not long like a moose or elk, just tall. It disappeared into the bush, and as I drove by the spot, the hair on the back of my neck stood up. I heard days later a tow truck driver describing on the radio his encounter with a similar creature. Only he was much more clear that he had spotted Bigfoot. This guy went to some length to explain he didn't want people thinking he was crazy, but he was sure what he saw. I asked an aboriginal client of mine in a nearby community, and he said the elders spoke of them as commonly the same way they spoke of other animals. I don't know what I saw that day, but I'm certain it wasn't a bear, moose, deer, or elk. I just don't know what the hell it was.